This is your host, Dylan Shove on 88.9 The Bridge, and today I have the honor to sit down with one of Seattle's most recognizable faces. You've seen her interviewing the Mariners post-game and sideline reporting for the Seahawks. She's been a sports broadcaster for 22 years on Root Sports. Today, I welcome Jen Mueller to 88.9. Jen started her career producing at Texas Cable News in Dallas after graduating from SMU in her home state, Texas. Then in 2006, she began sideline reporting for college football with Fox Sports Northwest, which led her to Root Sports when the company switched names. Working for Root Sports, Jen joined both the Seahawks and Mariners broadcasting teams, which put her at the center of big moments. She was the first to interview Felix Hernandez after his perfect game back in 2012 and has interviewed countless athletes over the years. Directly connected to her experience as a broad sports broadcaster, Jen is helping businesses master their communication skills. She founded Talk Sporty to Me in 2009, which provides workshops, small group and private coaching sessions, and keynote speaking. One of the main goals is to show business professionals how to leverage sports conversations in the corporate environment. But to kick off the show, I want to start with what I found most unique, which is the fact that you were the third female ever to earn All-American honors as a football official back in college. I'm sure you've talked about this a lot, but you said that your 10 years officiating high school football helped lay the foundation for becoming an NFL sideline reporter. What specific aspects or just what in general uh, as part of that career helps you most, do you think, as a sideline reporter? Well, I think that, uh, first of all, thank you for the very kind introduction. Um, that is always fun um, and very humbling to hear. But I think part of it is to just show the commitment to the sport and to learning more about the sport. Now, when I was in college, officiating for me was a way to show that I was serious. It was also a way to differentiate myself because when you grow up in Texas, football is king and you've got a whole bunch of guys that played football. I never played football. Uh, my brother did. I was at games. But to show people that I knew the sport and that I wanted to dive deeper in the sport, that's what officiating started out to be for me. I loved the challenge. I loved the competitive nature of it. I loved being on the field. I loved being in the middle of the action. And I, I do think that it just, it helped me understand the game better, but it brought a level of credibility that I thought I needed at the time. And that still gives me some talking points with guys today um, to show that I, I do, I do work hard to understand what it is that they do for a living. You know, honestly, that sideline job, it never crossed my mind that I could be an NFL sideline reporter until I saw my colleague get that job. So before I was on camera, I was behind the scenes and I was a sports producer and I spent about seven years at King Five and my colleague, Akemi, had left her full-time job. She was the sideline reporter for the team at the time. And I thought, you know, that's really cool. And she does a great job. But if she ever were to leave or didn't want to do that job anymore, I would really like the opportunity to at least audition for it. So I talked to the Seahawks and as a sports producer, I was regularly out at practice. I went to training camps. I went to press conferences. I was at games. And every year before the season started, I talked to the person who was in charge of the broadcast team. And I said, you know, if that job of sideline reporter ever comes open, I would love a chance to audition for it. And I did that every year for six years. And I showed up everywhere they looked. And after six years, Akemi, her husband is actually one of the play-by-play -play guys for the Utah Jazz. They moved to Utah. Uh, the spot opened up. I had a chance to audition for it. And I tell people the most important thing about that story is that when you want to be in a job, 
part of it is about getting your foot in the door, right? And being able to show up, but it's also showing up consistently to the point where people don't remember what it was like before you showed up. What also is uh, similar to the fact that you were a woman, you didn't, you said you didn't play football. You were an official that helped you really gain understanding of football, which is great. Mm -hmm. But that you've said that as a woman in sports, you'd estimate you have less than a minute to be taken seriously in a mm -hmm. conversation. This being yeah. one, of, one among many motivators for why you founded Talk Sporty to me and not trying to juice paid advice out of you for free with your company, <laughs> but what exactly has been key for you in conversations and what tips do you have to be taken seriously, no matter if you might be a minority, you might not be the gender that plays the sport or uh, you might be different. Yeah, it actually just happened to me last night. I was out to dinner and I, we were watching a football game on TV and the two gentlemen who were sitting closest to us could not believe that I was interested in watching a football game. And they really could not believe that I um, had any interest, like personal rooting interest in the game. So this still happens. Here's what I would say. It is about the intentionality and the strategy that you bring to a conversation. So I know that not only do I have a short amount of time to make a first impression, but I also have a very short amount of time to grab somebody's attention. So you can't wait for this back and forth to play out and hope that you have something interesting that happens in the exchange. So the number one thing I tell people is to prepare for small talk and deliver a success statement. And a success statement is a one word response to the question, how are you? Because my bet is, Dylan, if I were to ask, how are you? Your response is going to be, Good. Do you know that I have given, I've asked this question and given this as a presentation topic for 15 years in corporate settings and the top two answers I get are good or great. Now I want you to think about the question, how are you? First of all, it's a terrible way to start a conversation. Second of I all, agree. it is the most open-ended question that you could possibly get. And we default to one word. Now, there's a lot of different reasons for that, but we we um, rely on conversational norms. So I would say, how are you? You would say good. Then you would turn it back to me and you would say, how are you? How are you? And then I would say good. And then we would stand there and try to figure out where this conversation is going to go, yeah. right? If I only have 15 seconds to make an impression, which by the way, is a broadcast measure of time, right? Short attention spans 15 seconds. I just wasted it. So instead, my response is going to be something like, I'm awesome. I had a great uh, keynote last week, and I am excited about um, the latest episode of my cooking show this week, right? Like, I'm going to take that moment because that is the most pivotal moment in every single conversation. If that person has time to talk to you or is interested in what you're interested in, you just open the door to a very productive conversation instead of hoping somebody was going to stumble across the thing that you wanted to talk about. Here. Yeah, it's actually course. why open-ended questions are the worst questions to ask. Because here's what happens, particularly when you are in my role and you are interviewing people in live TV and radio interviews, nobody wants to look stupid. So if I give you all the leeway in the world and I say, how are you? But I didn't give you the path to go down you don't know if I'm talking about how are you doing in school? How are you doing personally? How's your day going? How are you physically feeling? How are the holidays? Like you don't know. And so you're going to take the safe answer. And that's what I would say. Mm. It's the safe answer that people go to. It's the same thing that happens in a post-game interview. It's the reason why athletes give 
generic answer answers. The future, like, do you have anything you want to share on the air about what you plan to do in the future with, uh, in terms of root sports, in terms of the cooking show that I didn't even know existed, even though I did mm. research on you, like <laughs> with uh, Talk Sport You Me, anything like that that you want to yeah. mention before uh, wrapping um, up? I, the cooking show is a really fun project for me right now. It is probably the most authentic thing that I have ever done because it is really me just cooking in the kitchen with athletes and people in the sports world. Athletes, it's, wow. it's a lot of work. It's called I Cook, You Measure. Um, it's a lot of work, but it's all the skills that I have developed over the last 20 plus years, plus my love of food and wine. So you guys forget about the wine as high school students, but um, it's really fun conversations uh, with athletes in the kitchen. Seems like kind of a blend of um, one of your, I'm assuming it's a hobby, but uh, also an interest and mm -hmm. your jobs together. So mm -hmm. a show mm -hmm. and what you like to do. Um, yeah. So that's, that seems like the dream, even though uh, it's not what your childhood or growing up your dream was as a job, you said, try to take, you know, not the straight line as it is always. I just want to thank you all. Thank you for coming on one more time. And Absolutely. of course, uh, keep listening to 88 on the Bridge for more music and conversation that spans generations. This is your host, Dylan Show.